Mr. Potter. Tell me, in Pulp Fiction, what is inside Marcellus Wallace's briefcase? I don't know, sir. And if I quoted, are you talking to me? What film should I watch? I, I don't know, sir. And what would I get if I mixed the 2007 Tim Burton film with an hour-long audio discussion? Sweeney Toddcast, sir! Clearly, there are spoilers in this show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ignorance Is This, a podcast about the best way to enjoy cinema with little to no knowledge about it beforehand. My name is Scott Martin, and sitting on my couch is the most trusted voice in music, Oliver Deer. Oh my god, I've just realised I'm sitting on your couch and we're not in the studios anymore. We're in your, we're in your house down, <laughs> down in Dunsborough, away from the city. Ollie, you're known for your, your dumb decision-making and, <laughs> your mis- and your mistakes. And once again, you're at it again. <laughs> I'm enjoying a, a vacation or a holiday, right. or a sabbatical, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm enjoying my month and a half off university by relaxing on that very couch and having a good time. But you're not. No. You're, you're staying away from the old Dunsborough town. I'm still doing work during the winter because I'm a hardworking man. It's absolutely disgusting is what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're working at the moment, so you're not relaxed. And that's why that the fact that we're actually in the same room together tonight to record this episode is quite a miracle. Mm-hmm. We were planning on not doing this. We were going to make it way too complicated for ourselves. And do it over Skype. Yeah, which would have been very strange, but... I think this is the best option. This is the best option. We've got little microphones down here yep. talking to each other. And we've this is weird. We have to hold our own microphones. We've never had to done this before. No, we're, we're like reporters, but we're interviewing each other. <laughs> and yeah. I ask you questions and you go, yes, but what about you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that, actually. Yeah. That's, a great, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, we don't have to touch our own microphones in our regular studios. The temperature is much better in there as well. Yeah. I'm freezing. I've got a beanie on. <laughs> I'm wearing my dad's jumper. Yeah. Oh, very nice. I'm wearing, yeah, I'm wearing a blanket right now. Ollie's got my blanket on my couch. Yep. He's making this place his own. He's taken it too literally when I say make yourself at home. <laughs> and this is what's happened. That's what I do every time. I don't like it. No, actually, I like it a lot. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I've had a little thought this week, as we always do. Bloody as hell. I always do. Yep. Um, I don't think that much. <laughs> so, yeah. Scott's not a huge thinker, more of a talker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it as well, since I'm a radio boy. Yep. I don't have to think about stuff. Yeah. And I I'm just a- say whatever comes into my head. And I'm a creative, so. <laughs> That's why you and I are yin and yang, baby. This is why I made the Pet Peeves intro, because I was <laughs> yeah. creative enough to think of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We never would have had that if it weren't from my mind. It's the, pe- <laughs> it's the piece of resistance of this show. Without you, it wouldn't have existed. Yeah. And everyone can thank me for it. But yeah. without me, the iTunes link wouldn't be existent, so <laughs> <laughs> you can thank me for it. This is also true. Yeah. All right, what's your thought? All right, my thought for this week, I just wanted to ask you, have you ever heard of the term dump truck directing? <laughs> no. No, what is that? I swear I might have told you maybe once or twice. It's a concept where dump truck directing is basically where the director's not doing his job, okay. and he is... Uh, not making any decisions for himself and he's leaving them for the editor. So, for example, when you're shooting a scene, okay, he has decided to just shoot the scene from every possible angle he can. Wide shot, close-up of character A, close-up of character B, close-up of both characters, but it's a mid-shot. And then maybe okay. some low angle of the same thing happening and a high angle of the same thing acting yep. happening. But he doesn't, you know... A low angle makes the character look dominant, right? A high angle makes the character look, what do you call it? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. This is Shout out to a high school media class. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that we yeah. learned and the thing that stuck with us the most. There's a lot of creative, wanky stuff yeah. like that that goes on in film theory. But that's, that's something everyone sort of understands, the high angle, low angle thing. Yeah. But basically, using that example, the director shoots both and doesn't, isn't really choosing between them. And he's leaving that choice to the editor to make these these creative choices. Sure. And they do that a lot in Hollywood, and it's becoming this increasing trend because it's a safe way to film things, where in the edit they can change the way a scene's filmed because the director's given them all this coverage, but he hasn't made any choices for himself. But is that, like, I can tell that for the editor that's a terrible thing. Yeah. But why is that becoming such a trend when it's, it's so blatantly annoying for all involved because you've got your, your people that are going to be on set for way too long because the creative director doesn't know, mm. you know, if, if he knows that this shot is supposed to look make this character look dominant, then film it 
at a low angle pointing up. But then why would that director go around and do everything and just make it annoying? You know what I mean? Like, that's such an annoying trend. Why is that becoming a trend when everybody on board would hate that? Here's the thing. I think, well, you you understand the difference between a director and an auteur director. Oh, bloody, you know I I do. For the listeners, an auteur director's... An so, auto director. Uh, sorry. An auto director is a robot <laughs> that knows how to uh, make creative decisions. We're all going to be replaced by robots. Everyone look out. Uh-oh. Um, yes, but the auteur director, to use a French term, is someone who is like the key creative person and they're making quite distinct choices from, that are distinct from other directors. So like, for example, Quentin Tarantino is an auteur director. He has a very distinct style. Wes Anderson, uh, Scorsese... Christopher Nolan, who are some others? The two that are in my head you haven't mentioned yet. Oh, Alfred Hitchcock and Tim Burton? Those are the two, baby. <laughs> you know it. I had to do this exact discussion yeah. in, as a speech in one of my screen courses, yeah. which I know that you were a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who was the audience, like one of the, I'm stealing a quote from two of my favorite sources of all time, um, Lena Woodley and um, Kanye West. Right. The biggest regret I have in my life is not being able to watch myself perform. <laughs> How did I go during that auteur discussion? Did I do good? Yeah, you, you've done really well. Would you say that your your discussion of what it is right now <laughs> tops mine? <laughs> you missed know. the two key ones. You got Tim Burton, who's notorious for his own style, which we'll be talking about yeah. today. Yep. And also Hitchcock, which is my favorite director of all time, almost. Name another Hitchcock film you've seen other than Psycho. I haven't. You seen. poser. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. We got your North by Northwest. You've got your the birds. You've got your um oh what's the one a rear window. I can also name Hitchcock films, but have you seen any? <laughs> no, of no, them? none of them. <laughs> That's why I said he's one of my favorite directors almost. Because <laughs> of one film you said. Yeah, well I mean like because it's such a masterpiece of of the absolute epitome of perfection. You got to give him props, you know. He's right. he's up there. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, Continue. Um, so, but yeah, so understanding that these directors are making these key critical decisions. Now, but a studio, when a studio wants to be in charge of something, let's say maybe recent DC films, okay? Okay. They want to hire people who are going to listen to them. They are going to hire directors who listen to what the studio wants rather than what the director wants. Okay. I think the um the industry term for this is yes men. Am I right? Yep. That's a good that's a good term. Thank you. Yeah. Good movie by Jim Carrey as well. <laughs> yes, man. Um so yeah, the <laughs> studio says, "Hey, you know, just get as much coverage, you know. We want we want you to do that." And the director's like, "Yes. I'm clearly in creative control. I'll make all I'll get you as much as you want." Okay. And then we can decide. But then sometimes in the edit process, they lock the director out of that. Yeah. Often often they won't. It, but sometimes the studio will step in and say, "No, we want this edit decision, please. We not, we want it to be like this, not like you, you scummy director want." <laughs> sure. So, and that's a huge trend in Hollywood these days, which is why you see so much cutting. Basically, yeah. you're seeing so much cutting, even like in all the fight scenes in Marvel films and DC films. There's so much cutting around the action; you barely get to notice. Or in the recent Mummy film. Uh-huh. Um, Starring Tom Cruise. Yep. Tom Cruise did all his own stunts again, and there were some amazing stunts, but in the cutting room floor, you can't really get to see them because it cuts around all the action. Yeah. 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 I was going to say something, then I realized I'm just biting from another podcast, so I don't want to do that. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I've already bit from that podcast. This is where I got the example. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, just, just wanted to have that little moment to say, stop dump truck directing if you can. Yeah. Do you know of any like good movies that have come from dump truck directing where the editor has done a good job and that's well known? Well, it's it's just hard to say because you'd never know what's going on behind the scenes at the studios. Sure. Right. But you you there are some the only thing you can really tell is when a director has shot for the edit. And that's when you can really tell that they're really taking control of the edit. They're making these key decisions. So you can tell when people are making key decisions. It's hard to tell when when it's the studio and the editor controlling it. So, for example, any Edgar Wright film, he's clearly shooting exactly for the edit, exactly the way he wants. Yeah, sure. So if he's if he's zooming in on something, he'll have that. He's going to trans. He knows he's going to transition that in the edit to another thing that is being zoomed in on. Yeah. So he'll shoot exactly like that because he knows what he wants in the final. And 
Edgar Wright's one of our favorite directors because Scott Pilgrim's your one of your favorite films and Hot Fuzz is mine. So when I when I said before, um, Hitchcock is my favorite director. Almost, I was thinking, is it Edgar Wright? Because <laughs> he's the other, fa- the other movie that is my favorite director. Maybe Christopher Columbus is your favorite director because oh. he directed Chamber of Secrets. But he also would that be accurate? <laughs> he's also directed other bad movies, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know his discography as well. Wait, is it discography? No, filmography. Filmography. <laughs> I haven't seen his filmography as well as I know Edgar Wright's. <laughs> I know that Christopher Columbus, after the eighth Harry Potter film, was like, "Let's do another one." The, the the old gang, let's get them back together. It's like, oh boy, are you aware the film franchise is, you know, finished? What do you want to do? Yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> and what do you, you, ha- you made the two, two first movies and now you want to jump on your old, your yeah. old wagon that got you your success. Yep. Well, see, so when you say, could it be him? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, that was a good thought, Ollie. Cool. Thank you. I feel like thought is slowly becoming... Teach Scott about a new aspect <laughs> of film. Well, this is the <laughs> thing. Hour. This is the thing. I was thinking, I was having this big thought in my th- thought brain, and I was thinking, <laughs> what thought can I have this week? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's an interesting thing to talk about, but I don't know if it's more of a thought or more of me no, educating I like, I th- you. I think, no, educating <laughs> me is, is, is good because you're, you're educating the listeners as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. We're educating ourselves. On the topic of directors. <laughs> On the topic of auteurs from earlier, how about Tim Burton's very own Sweeney Todd that we're going to watch this week? Right, one? right. Let's get straight into the discussion of Tim, t- uh, Sweeney Todd, Tim Burton. <laughs> but hold a second, because I just want to mention something. I just thought it'd be fun, Uh-oh. because we always, you know, we've finally got some listeners. How, how many listeners do we average an episode? Downloads? 20? <laughs> yeah, I'd say about 25 per, per episode. I reckon it's amazing. 20 is a, is a bit of a feat. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We've got a bit We're of. We're already in the dude digit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we get the sixty-nine digits. Am I oh right? My God, that'd be so good. <laughs> um, I just wanted to have some listener feedback. Have you had any, any comments on the show? Um, yeah, I would say I have. All right. Um, just, just well, uh, when we first tweeted out, or well, not tweeted on my Facebook page that this was a thing, and if you could please like the page, that'd be great. Um, my older brother Josh commented on it and said something like disappointed and angry to report back that this is actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Pat ourselves on the back. He doesn't want me to have any success. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then every now and then I'll, I'll say, please listen to the new podcast. And then I'll get, like, a Snapchat. My friend Tanita mm-hmm. and also Paul last week yep. Snapchatted me both, like, within, like, two hours of each other of the podcast logo and said, like, keep it up, boys. Like, this is really good. So that's cool. Mm. Thanks, guys. Yeah. They're mostly our friends that listen, although we did have one Indian man who uh, he put our, our logo picture into one of his, his status posts, but the status post was unrelated to our picture. In, Completely in, unrelated. In, and to our show. It had nothing to do with it, but, you know, he used the picture for some reason. Yeah, I mean, hey. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Thank you very much for, um, <laughs> for, for putting our logo out there. Yeah. It does have the name of the podcast on it, so I hope that we got new listeners from that. <laughs> Um, I don't know if he even liked the page. He did. He, he liked the photo. Ah. And then I was like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. I'm going to give a store. Maybe he just really liked that photo. Yeah, it's a very good logo. Let's <laughs> tell you what. Thank you very much. That's my brain again, doing that. <laughs> hey, no, it wasn't. It was my design and your execution. Okay, Thank you very execution. much. Okay. In fact, I've still got the um the piece of paper in which I drew <laughs> the original design onto. Oh, that could sell for millions. Oh, it could do. Um, we had a couple of other feedback. My mum oh, yeah. uh, was uh, startled to find out you were gay on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Huge revelation. <laughs> there was there was an episode a while back where I just offhandedly said, hey, Scott, when you meet your future man and you two adopt children. Yeah. And yeah, my, my <laughs> mum was listening to that in the car and turned to my dad and said, I didn't know Scott was gay. <laughs> <laughs> does, does his mum know? <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm sorry to uh, disappoint Sandy, but my mum doesn't know because... <laughs> Uh, Oliver was trying to, uh, I don't know, is it throwing me under the bus for that? He wanted me to, uh, to rise up and yeah. say, no, 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 don't, don't say that. I just let it slide. Yeah. See, I was wondering if you would rise <laughs> to the occasion. Cause if you did, I'll be like, oh, Scott, well, what's wrong with being gay? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's completely why I just let it go. It's like, Hey, if you want to think that I'm gay, go ahead. But like <laughs> on, on the record, I'm not. <laughs> uh, just another Quick, uh, yeah, who else? A little bit of criticism, actually. Here we go. Oh, uh, Brayden, my friend, our friend, listened 
for the first time recently. G'day, Braden. And he said, uh, you're criticizing Rotten Tomatoes when you're a known defender of it. Uh, yeah, he was I, I would agree the, with that. Yeah. He was listening to the episode where we were talking about uh, different critici- uh, critique sites. Oh, where I, where I revealed myself. I came out of the closet as Roger Ebert himself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yes. And then Braden said, uh, IMDB is gospel. Get me on the show. Absolutely not, Braden. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It is not gospel. It is the worst way to determine whether a film is good or not. He said, get me on the show to defend it. <laughs> and then, and then. I'd like to see you try. Actually, this is a get on the show. <laughs> Cause I, I'm, I'm ready to fight. He then posted mad, uh, mad face emojis. <laughs> and God, then, yeah. and then later he says, Scott just said, IMDB is terrible. And you said, that's true. And more, more mad faces. <laughs> what started out as a diss against me has become a diss against the podcast. Yeah. We've now got our first hater. We have a arc enemy of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but actually, uh, regardless of Brayden, just forget about him for a second. Thank you very much uh, for, for listening. We really appreciate that. And thanks for starting to um, let us know about what you think about the podcast. And I'm glad that it's good stuff. Yeah. Except for you, Brayden. Get out of here. <laughs> nah, you're all right, mate. Alrighty, on to the today's topic. Yep. We're talking about a movie called Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber from Fleet Street. Yeah, now, when I started writing my notes for this, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know it was called Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Sweet Street. Fleet, Fleet Street. Sweet Fleet Street. Fleet Dink. <laughs> Wait, that one, that one, that one. <laughs> right there. Um, so, I, I think that whenever there's a movie like this, when... When I do know of its existence, right? Um, even though you know we try to go in with nothing, I just knew that this movie existed and Johnny Depp was in it. That was all I knew, really. Mm. Um, but I wrote a a little list of the things that I knew. Oh, okay, going that's into good. this, that's good. Um, so I'm gonna read this out. Uh, things that I knew about Sweeney Todd before before I started pressing play. Um, Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter are the mm-hmm. leads. Yep. Uh, it has a Tim Burton look, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure whether that was him. But you you put all the pieces together, right? And you think there's no doubt. But I <laughs> wasn't one hundred percent sure because I hadn't read it anywhere. I just didn't know for sure. Yep. Um, and I wrote here, Barber dot dot dot. Or am I thinking about that scene from Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> which is also a a Johnny Depp led Tim Burton film right. in which he is a he uses. Uh, sharp tools to cut people's hair, which is exactly what this movie's about also. <laughs> Tim Burton um, does seem to have a strange obsessions with, like, yeah. one concept. <laughs> uh, and the last thing is that I know that music is involved, but I've never heard of this movie being called a musical, so I don't really know of that aspect. Oh, okay, so you didn't actually know it was actually no. a musical. I just oh, knew that it, it was, was that. heavily to do with music in some way, but I wasn't sure if there was singing. I didn't know if it was the actors. I didn't know if it was just like, I don't know, big orchestral pieces. I didn't yep. know. But then I started watching them. And the first thing, the first note that I wrote was um, one second in, and I'm regretting my earlier statement about it not being a musical. <laughs> Yeah, it, definitely it's, it's a, musical. a musical. One hundred percent. It is. It's almost lame is in it being like eighty percent song and twenty percent a dialogue. Right. There was, you know, it's it's like it, it tips that line between it being like fifty fifty like Grace is, but one hundred percent of um like lame is is just all music and singing. Yeah. It's in between those two areas. Mm-hmm. It's very very music heavy. Yeah. So that was interesting. So when you found out it was a musical. What were your initial thoughts going, uh, watching the scene unfold? <laughs> well, yeah. um, 100% glee, because I, <laughs> yeah. I love musicals. Yep, is I know thing. you do. Um, yeah, like I've just, I've, I've always liked them. Whenever there is a musical that I like a lot, I'll pretty much learn everything that there is to know about it, like Grease or Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very happy to find out that this was a musical because like every time that I'm watching a movie, I would, like I've said in the earlier discussions about horror movies, I just, I like a light movie, like yeah, a, right. like a light hearted, whatever. So that's why I love my Scott Pilgrim and my Chamber of Secrets mm-hmm. because it's so light until like, well, Chamber of Secrets has like a pretty dark turn. And that's the thing that I like about it. Cause it's at the end, 
Um, so it switches it up a bit. But this was so I was thinking, oh, bloody musicals! Oh, this is gonna be good. The dark musical. Oh, very dark. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really gory. Um, lots of blood, crazy amounts of violence. This is not what I was expecting from the musical. Right. All I knew was that it was that dark and gritty. And actually, the second note that I wrote um, was, like, I liked how the first time that Helena Bonham Carter was on screen, and it's to sing a song that lightens up the mood. Yeah, okay. Because, it, you know, it's got that Tim Burton feel. Yeah. Um, so that, that's within, like, the first 10 minutes or so. So it's, it's hard to, like, not grin while listening to the song because it was about, like, how she's got the worst pies in London. Yes. And and it's very silly, and it's a good way to establish that it isn't as dark and gritty as it looks. And then, like, and then not only that, it eventually becomes like a major plot point in the film later on that yep. she has bad pies. So <laughs> when I wrote that, I I stopped it originally at it's not as dark as gritty as it looks, and then it turns out it's a lot worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, was the, this the was her scene with the worst pies in London? Because I watched this scene this morning to sharpen up on my memory of it. Yep. Is this the first sort of comical moment of the f- of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, kind of. I suppose, like, I mean, if you've got, like, a really dark sense of humor, the first thing that happens is the um, the young guy is on a ship with um, Captain Jack Sparrow. I mean, um, <laughs> Sweeney Todd. What is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Edward Scissorhands. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and I suppose you can kind of get a bit of a giggle how the character is kind of singing about like how there's no place in the world like London. And then Sweeney comes in and says, there's no place in the world like London. And right, it's about yeah. like how disgusting and gross it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, but I would, I didn't laugh at that out loud or whatever. So the worst pies in London was definitely the, the funny moment. Right. It made me think, Oh, okay, this is going to be like quite upbeat. So it's, yeah, it's sw- sort of switched there from this dark, dark musical to a sort of comically, uh, uh, dark humorous musical, I guess. Yeah. 100%. So the reason I gave this one to you, I always have a reason. Uh, Reese, every time I give you something, it's sort of like a little experiment. I gave it The Princess Bride because yep. I thought, you know, that's a, just a light one and it's something you'd never heard about, but it was, you know, highly revered. And also because it has a title that doesn't really suggest what it's about. Yeah, so not only am I going in blind, I'm kind of going in misconstrued. Yes, and you went in misconstrued with uh, From Dust Till Dawn because I didn't even tell you the title. Yeah. Um, Then we went to Hush, and I gave you that one because you don't like horror movies. I gave you The Boondock Saints because... That was another thing that I I didn't know what it was. You didn't know what it was, but also I knew it was a bad movie, but I wanted to see if you would like it. Yep. But the reason I gave you this one because a super personal, just personal reason for you, and I wanted to challenge you by giving (laughs) you... A genre I know you love, which is musicals. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> but at the same time, an actor I know you hate is Johnny Depp. And I have a quote here from you, which I found quite amusing, which oh, you no. sent to me. What have I done? Uh, I said, so what, what movie do you want to watch? The Shawshank Redemption or Sweeney Todd? And you went, Sweeney. And I went, okay. And you go, you said, uh, T.Y., even though it's him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, he's a creepo, and, <laughs> and I don't want him in any more movies, but I'll watch his old ones, I suppose. No, I don't even want to do that. This was pre-abuse. This was pre-abuse, um, but yeah, so, yeah, no, there was that confliction within me when I was, when I found myself enjoying this. Listen, yeah, Absolutely. I wanted to see if you could, if you could uh, not be blinded by your hatred for him in a, in a movie where, I guess, like, he's not a super likable character, even in this, Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he's still sort of you understand his perils, but also he's a bit of a a bit of a murderer. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you could call it that. But considering like the only the only other characters that are in this are worse, right. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Like um you've got your Alan Rickman mm-hmm. playing um Judge what's his name? Turnip. <laughs> so, let's, <laughs> let's call it let's Judge call it Turnip. turnip. Um, oh, there's another ro- note that I wrote here. Um, Snape and Pettigrew are chums, naturally. Yes, yes. Um, by and the way, Bellatrix is thrown in the mix. <laughs> oh, whoa! And didn't also, even, um, didn't even realize. And that, also, actually. um, oh, here um, we go. G- 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 Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Nice. I was about to say Gallifrey. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> well, I suppose they they cross over a little bit. Um, but yeah, so. 
what was I going to say? The, um, I just, I really quickly want to, do you like Professor Snape? Yeah. I do like Professor Snape, and I know you. Oh, he's a, such a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I, I like the idea is like, oh, he's kind of like playing both sides, but, but deep down it's with love. It's like, no, you still did all those really awful things, yeah. and I'm not going to forgive you that easily like everyone else has. Right. But how good is Alan Rickman there? He's very good. He's a very good man. I was watching this thinking, God, he is perfect for Snape. Mm. Like, just even, like, the way that he speaks here, like, like just his, like, yeah, right. his cadence, like, his tone of voice. He does is, have a naturally nasally voice if he wants it. It's perfect. Like some, of the, some of the roles for Harry Potter are so good. Him yeah. and, um, uh, what's his name? The guy that plays Hagrid. Yeah, uh, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, it's perfect. Too yeah. perfect. And there. those are the two uh, J.K. Rowling had in mind. Like, she actually wrote... Oh, really? She wrote those characters... Well, sorry, she had those characters in mind uh, before the movie started casting. Wow, that's huge as well for someone, like, when she knew that she wanted Alan Rickman, who's, like, the best actor in all of the UK, and, like, at the time, at least, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he was a, he, he he was was a, a ro- acting royalty, yeah. Yeah, well, not, wasn't he knighted? Isn't he Sir Alan Rickman? Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't say a yes for that. Maybe not, but, um, yeah, back onto Sweeney. Yep. Um... I suppose, like, to to get back into it, I just, I really did find myself enjoying this yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, another note that I wrote here was, um, there was a moment when Borat came into Sweeney Todd's yeah. barber. Sasha Karen Borat. Sasha Karen Blumben. How do you say it? <laughs> Not to be confused with Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> Jesus. Um, your Sasha Bowen Cohen. Baron Cohen. Yes, that's it. You nailed it. Um. And so Sasha he, Bowen Constrictor. <laughs> he came into the barber and he demanded to share half of the profits or something. Cause, yes, watch this scene he, this morning. Yep. He knew who he was. Yep. He knew who Sweeney Todd was originally. Um, and the movie did something really unexpected. And by that I mean it did what I thought would be the best thing to do in that scenario. Right. So I was watching it and I just figured because Sweeney has got this bloodlust right now, the fact that someone can just waltz into his place and demand a share of the profits made me think, well, why don't you just kill him? Right. Like, it's just, just kill him. Like, he's demanding stuff. You've got a bloodlust. He would just be a hindrance. Just kill him. Um, and I figured that to progress the story, this wouldn't happen. Ah, uh, okay. Because he would still be, you know, he's still like a well-known actor, I suppose. Yeah. And he's an interesting character. But it did. He just straight up killed him. With a kettle. So, so yeah, so I thought that I could outsmart the movie by thinking, well, this was this would just fix the problem immediately right. if you just do this. But then it actually did it. Yeah, like it it did that. So it's making the brave choices, though. I guess it is based off a Sweeney Todd is based off an actual musical. Yeah, so they are taking. But yeah, that it's a it's a good thing to not preserve characters for the sake of keeping the character around. Yeah, but to good. move on with the plot. It was quite Game of Thrones like. Yeah, like, he just walked in, was like, "I want this," and I was like, well, "No, that's." If if he sticks around, you're in a lot of trouble, mate. Yeah. Just kill him. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> I, I was very, I was surprised to know that he did. Can you remind me of the film's ending? Uh, okay. I know they throw just lots of people into the furnace. Yeah. Who Who's throwing into who into the furnace at the end? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you mean, so Sweeney Todd would, would kill people or then? Who, no, who's, who dies at the end? Super spoilers right now. Yeah, who's, okay. who's dying at the end? Super spoilers. Um, Sweeney dies. Okay, how? Um, the kid that is Borat's like yep. little, like slave boy apprentice. Yep. Um, he doesn't trust Sweeney Todd, and then he watches him throw Helena Bottom Carter into the furnace. Yep. Because she was deliberately withholding information from. Sweeney, that his wife was in fact still alive, okay, but turned into a crazy woman because she took like poison pills yeah. or she took poison in some way, and um, he saw that and was like, "Yep, I know that Sweeney Todd is in fact a murderer." So he came out of literally out of like the drain pipe in the furnace room and slit Sweeney Todd's throat. Right, great. They all had their comeuppance. Yeah, he had his throat slit because he's a barber, and she melted in a furnace because she baked pies out of people. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> And at the end, there's nothing to suggest that the coach or the bus or whatever was going to pick up Joanna, which is his daughter, mm-hmm. um, which normally I wouldn't particularly like because I do like a well-written conclusion with, like, for all of the characters, you get to know what the hell's going on with each yeah. of them. 
But again, kind of, well, not actually like Game of Thrones, but this story is 100% about Sweeney Todd. Mm -hmm. And the second where you see his throat get slit, it kind of just zooms out on that, like, kind of, like, disheartening moment of, like, oh, shit, that actually happened. Yeah. And then roll to credits. So you don't get to find out oh, about right. the the kid that's originally on the uh, the ship with Todd at the beginning who mm. falls in love with Joanna or what happens to those two in general. Right. And I thought, like, well, that would be annoying. But, but the fact that it's a story about Todd, it ends on Todd's That's death. quite powerful, isn't it? Yeah. When, and I really, really like that. Because it's true. Like, like Todd... You're stripped away from knowing what happens to the rest of his life because in that moment you were killed as well. Yes. You were ended as well. That's quite a powerful ending then. I really liked it. Um yeah. there was the the whole old woman connection with it actually being Lucy, his wife, I didn't see coming. Which Ah yes, the the busker the beggar out in the street, she was turned out to be his actual wife. Right. Um and yeah, every now and then she would just show up and I was like getting so annoyed by her. I was like, just, ah, oh, she's just going to be the downfall. She's going to come in and she's going to ruin everything. Right. Like, oh, I hate it. Oh, she was like prying on their business. Yeah. And right. then uh, it turned out to be very well written and a very good conclusion at the end where you, Todd turns against Bottom Carter because she withheld the information. The kid kills Todd. It just, it all works yeah. very, very powerfully. So Okay. So... With the story in mind, and knowing it wasn't 100% Tim Burton who wrote the story, because I'm sure it was a, a musical beforehand. I think it was also a, like a novel. Yeah, beforehand. yeah. So what did you think of Tim Burton's style and what he brought to the the uh, the actual story? It was perfect. Yep. Yeah. It just it's The story is, is a dark, kind of just absurd thing. Yeah. Oh, there's a barber who lives at the top of a pie shop. Yeah. And the pies are terrible. So yeah. how do they fix both problems? He's got a bloodlust. He wants to kill the person that took his him away from his family. He's going to kill people that come into the barbershop and they become the pies that eventually <laughs> bring the business back to life. Yep. It's it's so absurd that it, it can't not be a dark comedy. Yeah. It had to have and been it works. a little bit funny. And Tim Burton brought exactly what was needed to it. Yeah. As it, well as the char- like the actors as well. Like, I hate Johnny Depp, but... But shit, they were good. Yeah. Was it was it the actual actors doing all their own singing? Do you know if it was Johnny Depp singing? That? It was it was Johnny Depp singing, but I don't believe it was like Lame is where they're singing on set. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's pre recorded. But, but yeah. But it is actually it Johnny is then, Depp in yeah. the restore, recording studio. Yeah. Okay. He's all right. <laughs> he wasn't he was absolutely not the best singer. I'll tell you. Oh that. yeah. I don't yeah. He's he's star value more than singing value even the even the like the people that you would think to be the singing value like the unknowns yeah. or like like the guy i wish i could remember his name but the guy that kind of falls in love with joanna you would because he's not like johnny depp style of star you would think well he's probably got a musical background unlike Depp, but he hit a couple of notes pretty right. flat i'll tell you that <laughs> um well you're the most trusted source in music so if uh, you want oh, yeah. if you want to weigh in oh um yes key changes and uh, uh, monotone uh, arpeggios. arpeggios. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, also, this one other thing... I oh, actually got a couple more stuff. Um, uh, Depp and Carter had a real Joker and Harley Quinn vibe, where they're both, yeah. like, murderous, and, like, she's, like, pining after him. Yeah. And he's just, he just has that bloodlust. He just wants to fulfill that. He doesn't care who he goes through to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, um, this is... <laughs> In a couple of the other movies that I've seen, I've said, like, don't watch this if you have a fear of a particular thing. <laughs> um, the first one was Spiders, I think. Right, yeah. No, no it was don't, Snakes. Don't watch uh, King Arthur if you have a fear of snakes. Yeah, that that was it. Don't Agoraphobia. Watch... <laughs> was that actually yeah, it? Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. I didn't remember I heard that. It the, I heard the episode I the... the other day. So oh, yeah. oh, you listen back. You're one of my biggest fans. Yeah. Um... And I don't know. I think there was something else for like Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. but for this one, um, Ollie and I both have this fear of um. Oh yeah. I, gu- I guess you could call it like exposing our necks at <laughs> any time. <laughs> uh, uh, so we often say how we like we're going in too close to the screen in a movie cinema because that means that you have to like look up 
at this thing, yeah. which is exposing your neck to the fullest degree because you're doing it for like two hours. Yeah. And at any point, someone could just walk in and, and just slit. slit every single person that's in the front row. Yeah. Um, this entire movie was that. Yeah. <laughs> Having so neck awesome. slit by a, by a razor. It, that's weird you mentioned that. I, uh, our friend Andrew literally said this the other day. He was like, don't you remember when you were late for Suicide Squad, so we had to sit in the front, and then you complained cause about having your ne- neck slit? <laughs> I am. <Andrew. laughs> yeah, like it's it is something that we've actually discussed multiple times. Yeah. We just we just don't like exposing our necks. This entire film was that. There was a couple of like really gruesome shots of it yeah. as well. Um, yeah, like I can't believe how violent it was. It's, the first time he cuts a neck is like she. It's like yeah, it's everywhere. almost like Tarantino style of like. <laughs> biting another auteur's style, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just, like, the insane amount of blood just going everywhere in the room, like, mm-hmm. not just, like, on his wrist or whatever, like, where the where the knife is, but it's all over the shop, literally. Yeah. Because it's quite a departure from Tim Burton's, uh, some of his films. Like, I know Tim Burton's known for his gothic absurdism, as we've said, but he's not usually one for gore and... Extreme yeah. violence, because exactly. this this movie was rated M A, but his usual ones are either you know P G to M rated, yeah, yeah. Because so, like he likes making them for kids as well. Yeah, he's got his Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, is the Corpse Bride him? Corpse Bride was him. Yep. Um, you know Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands. They're 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 almost Caroline. Fam- yeah. <laughs> no. No. Damn it. Oh, no. They're almost whoever, whoever directed that just straight up stole his style. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Dark Shadows. Yeah, Dark Shadows. Uh, That's a crap. kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad, too. <laughs> I um, haven't seen it. Also, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They're like family films that are dark. Yeah. And it's it's a niche, I suppose. <laughs> I would say, like, if you if you watch those movies, like, I, I've seen the majority of those. Yeah. And I would say, like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Tim Burton fan. And uh, you say, oh, watch Sweeney Todd. It's a musical. I would, without question, bring my adopted child into that cinema and watch it. <laughs> but oh, what a callback! <laughs> but yeah, like I, I would never have guessed this from him. Like it, even if it was the, the, if I knew that this thing was called the demonic or the demon barber, right? I still wouldn't think it That's got great. as bad as it was. See, like, I was gory. I mean, yeah, not I was gory. worried about giving this film to you because I was worried. Oh, there's no cultural impact. Sort of like Avatar. But it's 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 great that you. I didn't even think about the fact you didn't know what the tagline was, and all you knew was Sweeney Todd, music. Yeah. Tim Burton maybe. Yeah, Depp and maybe Burton. Yeah. So all, you know all signs pointed to Burton really. But yeah. <laughs> wasn't just one hundred percent sure. No, you're right because it it if you look at the cover, it doesn't necessarily look exactly like a Tim Burton film, especially if it's you know if it's MA rated because yeah. he's not usually an MA sort of guy. But yeah, that's interesting that you've gone in with this happy, happy. It's a happy, fun <laughs> music, and it's Johnny Depp and Helena. Yep, two of two great actors. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Do you think now uh, the other reason I want to show it to you is obviously because it's got Johnny Depp. Do you think that if I showed you more Johnny, more really good, not parts? Stop trying to convert me into a Johnny Depp fan. I'm not trying to turn you into a Johnny Depp fan. I'm trying to turn you into a character fan. Of a Johnny Depp character fan. Okay. Do you think if I showed you his other films, you'd appreciate his acting style? Because at one point, he was called, like, the best character actor there is. Sure. I mean, really? He's famous for a reason. Because, like, even, even though I've seen two, maybe three of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, like, th- his accent in this was kind of the same. Yeah. You know, he's... Why is he no, such a... No, I agree. The more of the more of his recent ones, he's playing a very Johnny Depp, like, I, uh stereotype i guess but like has he done anything that's like so crazy brilliant that isn't even like that isn't a tim burton movie because even then it's you know it's heavy white face makeup dark gritty environment is that really justify him as being the greatest character actor of our time okay well actually do you know who quoted that it was graham norton (laughs) so it's not like great (laughs) it's not like the best reliable source for that quote but no, like if you if you go pre two thousand, he has some, okay. like some things that are quite critically revered, sure. um that that aren't Tim Burton stuff. But yeah, I think after he's he has gone just be Tim Burton's bitch <laughs> for a while, hasn't he? Do you think that Tim Burton would get him back? 
do anything. Do you reckon yeah. that Helena Bonham Carter would agree to work with him again? Stuff like that? I reckon do so. Do you think another one of these movies could exist? All oh, right, another Helena, Johnny, Tim Burton trio. Yeah. Danny Elfman. Oh, oh, I love me some Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> after all of the, you know, the scandals that came out about Depp, do you think oh, sure. another one of these could happen? Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> well, Dark Shadows was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you just kind of broke out this year or did late it? last year. Okay. Look, I don't think it's I don't think it's that damaging to his career as All much right. as you think it might be. I mean, he did beat a woman, but anyway, um, what we do in the after we discuss whether I enjoyed a movie or not, oh, yeah. wrote my notes is I rank them based yep. on the other movies that I knew little to nothing about beforehand. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so far I've seen now, including with Sweeney Todd, I've seen five films. And the current ranking goes The Princess Bride, Hush, From from Dusk Till Dawn, and The Boondock Saints, in that order. Where are you putting Sweeney in the mix? I'm honestly tossing it up between one and two. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's... I do really enjoy Tim Burton's style. Yeah. I enjoyed this story. Yeah. I enjoyed the fact that it was a musical. I thought all the actors gave it their all. Mm Mm-hmm. But... But did I have a better time with Princess Bride? Hmm. You do love your musicals. It's hard to decide, isn't not? And do <laughs> I like a do I like a comedy better than a dark comedy? Like it all comes down <laughs> to that. Um. No, I, I think I might. Oh, jeez, it, it is really hard. I, you know what? I'm gonna. I just then in my head thought I think I might put it in number two, but then I thought I'm gonna regret that eventually. I think. Oh, okay. Because I would go back and watch Winnie Todd again. Um, like I would show uh, my family or whatever, yeah. Uh, rather than the Princess Bride, right? So, yeah, Sweeney Todd takes takes the cake at the moment. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> A Johnny Depp film is Scott's number one film on Only the podcast. Only until Oliver inevitably gives me Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Come back next week and hear on the Johnny Depp podcast. We'll, oh, we'll be get wa- out! We'll be watching uh, Dark Shadows and Alice in Wonderland two. I've seen A it. Time to turn. I've seen What's that. What's it called? Um. A look the, through the looking glass. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it's all about Johnny Depp's character for some reason. Is it? Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So th- so that's it. Now now we got Sweeney Todd, Princess Bride, Hush, Dust to Dawn, and the Boondock Saints. Right here. Um. Well, that brings us to the end of this little segment. Do you want to go to another song? I'd love to hear another song. Rayleigh Ritchie there with Bloodsport. Oh, bloody stop you there, mate, because it's not Rayleigh. It's Raleigh like ballet. <laughs> Let's move on. Well, well, I did say that he was relatively unknown. <laughs> um, relatively unknown. He plays Grey Worm in the hit TV show Game of Thrones. That's a that's a very good fact. Yeah. I love Grey Worm. Yeah? yeah he's favorite character? Favorite. No, God, no. no. Podrick is my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so like you. Hey, let's uh, let's let's play a game. Our favorite game. It's called Cackle. It's called Critically Acclaimed or Critically Lame. That's the abbreviation. I'm trying to popularize oh, it. Oh, you meant you said Cackle five minutes ago, and I didn't know what the hell you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm just trying to get it pop. Uh, <laughs> get, get it trending. Number one Twitter. All right, great. Let's let's play Cackle. Okay. This week, I've got a little bit of a surprise oh, for you. Oh, okay. Critically Acclaimed and Critically Lame is a segment that we like to do on the show where I give Scott two movie synopsises or slash uh, short little descriptions of a movie and he has to guess which one was critically acclaimed and which one was poorly received critically so, lame if you will yes so this week i've been sizzling it for a while i'm going to give them to you in the form of a limerick oh yes please yes now, please. <laughs> i'm so excited for this now this is the first movie okay is this one critically acclaimed or critically lame hit me up there once was a billionaire boy <laughs> Killing others by proxy brought him joy. The terrorists attacked. He fought them all back. Now for a living, builds toys. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Yep. I like that. I forget how funny limericks are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you clearly do because you didn't laugh. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it wasn't a funny one. My, uh, no, my, my microphone's away from my face, first and foremost. But the second you go, there once was a boy. <laughs> Oh, a big smile was across my face. <laughs> okay, here's the second one. An alien is earthquaked off-world. Okay, this is the bad one. Through a different dimension, he does twirl. He joins a band wearing latex. Sorry. 
He <laughs> <laughs> Let me just start this one I again. I feel like this is already the best. The second that it became like an alien thing, I'm like, nah, it's a <laughs> it's a Will Smith, James Smith hang on, movie. Hang on, hang on. An alien is earthquaked off world. Through a different dimension he does twirl. He joins a band wearing latex, there's lots of practical effects, and he nearly has sex with a girl. Okay, no. Um <laughs> I w- my huge call was immediate that that was going to be the bad one. Okay. The second you said there's practical effects as well. <laughs> What's wrong with practical well, because, effects, because baby? Because you said it's a, it's a, he's an alien from off-world, so he, he wouldn't... Ad- yeah, there are a lot of bad things that I'm mentioning in this limerick. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no, you can't fool me. It, because if he went... If he's... Or she went off-world <laughs> and, uh, and came to Earth and there's practical effects... I feel like there's not... No, that's that's the bad one. But could you... But practical effects are a good thing. But, like, even the way that, like, just the story outcome of the first one that you did made me go, oh, that's quite nice. He makes a, makes a living building toys, and he defeated the terrorists. Terrorists are bad people, so... The I, toy I'm, maker beats the terrorists, eh? Yeah. Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to put my foot no. down and, and go with my original, original thought, which is that the second limerick is the poorly received film purely because it is a alien, an alien-driven plot with practical effects, and the fact that you mentioned that he has sex with a girl. Okay, what if I told you they're both superhero films? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would. Now I'm thinking about what it could possibly be. Yeah, yeah, I'd like you to have a guess. I don't think you'll ever guess the second one, but maybe you can guess the first one. There once was a billionaire boy, killing others by proxy, proxy brought him joy. The terrorists attacked, he fought them all back. Now for a living builds toys. That's Iron Man. Yes. Oh, very that good. That is Iron Man. Yeah, okay, yeah, because he suits are pretty much toys. Yeah, exactly. The way I thought he, 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 builds, he builds fun stuff. <laughs> the second he said billionaire, I was like, all right. Batman. <laughs> um, You'll never get the next one. Nah, I so don't yeah, know. Iron Man was critically acclaimed. You're correct. Okay. Oh, I nailed it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Iron Man. Uh, Flat sound effect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 it was the film that kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, great. Cri- yes, it, amazing, it amazing trend. I loved it. Now, what if I told you the other one was something that nearly ended m- the m- Marvel's career and nearly bankrupted them? All right. Well, I'm a bit of a, a Marvel movie nerd. So that's really got me thinking. Right. I don't think you'll ever get it. What? Okay, I, I can't cite this as actually bank, the, being the one that bankrupted them, but it surely put them on hold for a few years. Even, like, the, I know that there were bad Captain America movies from, like, there was a there was a Captain America movie in which he just straight up had a gun and was, like, All right. killing people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact, and there's... Wait, no, the terrorist was in the first one. Um, No, I, I don't know what I'll tell you be. what, it is obscure. Like, it's not... Widely known. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's Howard the Duck. Oh, of course. So, an alien. Practical effects, yeah, of course. It's a literal suit. Not only is, like, he a puppet or a suit, the, the, yeah. the enemy is, like, a stop-motion oh, thing. <laughs> and, and, yeah. No, because, like, there is, like, the weird, like, he's, like, a playboy kind of character. Yeah. He's trying to get in. I, re- oh, I read it. He, he reads Play Duck. Oh, See, so the world, like, he was in a world inhabited by anthropomorphic ducks. So he's, it starts off with everyone being a duck on this world, and he reads Play Duck. And, duck. like, oh. the synopsis said, because I haven't seen it, but the synopsis said, an earthquake happens, which just launches him off the face of the planet. into of his, an Of his original planet. Yeah. It launches him off the planet, an earthquake. An earthquake does that. And he goes yep. through... He launches through another dimension and lands on Earth. I don't... Now, th- this might be more explained in the movie, that... But if it's just he's earthquaked off-world, I don't know. And I know, <laughs> I know that there are, there are big fans of the How the Duck like, comic book series. So if, if that is done well in the actual comics that like, kicked off all these fans, that's still ridiculous. No idea. Uh, yeah, and the line, he nearly has sex with a girl. Yeah, he nearly has sex with a human woman. Yeah. But he's a duck. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of movies like that, isn't there? Where there's <laughs> there's that well, there's that um Sonic game where he's 
he gets in with some pretty lady oh, at yeah. the end of it. Shrek? Shrek, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess Fiona was. It's the time it worked, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, what what a DreamWorks masterpiece <laughs> that uh, that weird film is. <laughs> but, yeah, thank, that's a good segment. I'll, um, yeah. I'm glad I got it right, but I'm disappointed in myself for not knowing the Howard the Duck. <laughs> That's all right. He's bloody in the first Guardian of the Galaxy. I tell you what, yeah. post credit scene. Yep. Oh, yeah, Voiced by w- Seth Green of oh. um, Without a Paddle fame, Without a uh, Robot Chicken fame, um, Family Guy fame. Uh, without a Austin Powers fame. Yeah. I, nobody cares, Scott. You know how much <laughs> I, I hear that? Yeah. Fuck Seth, Seth Green <laughs> for subjecting me to that quote every day. All right, let's move on to our uh, second favorite segment <laughs> in the whole show. Okay. It's called Pet Peeves. Morally. Morally. World's worst It's time for Pet Peeves. Bloody hell, Ollie. it It ruins me every time I hear it. I love it. Got to fix it one day, but you know, my mind works in mysterious ways, doesn't it, uh, Scott? Episode 100, we'll, re- we'll release a... A remaster? Yeah, a remaster. We'll yeah. remaster it. We'll make the audio levels even worse. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... Pet Peeves is a segment where usually I, you did one last week, um, and it went off very well. I yeah. thank you for that. Um, where I discuss just a piece of cinema or a TV show that is just a general trope that I always seem to notice, and it's reached the point now where it gets on my nerves, and I think it's a bit cringy or a bit gross. Yep. Okay, what's your, what's, what you're whinging about today? <laughs> uh, this is my pet peeve. What I just got here is quotations. Yes. No, maybe, I don't know. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's lazy writing. Yeah. Whenever a character is conflicted, they they make the dialogue literally the most conflicting it can be. Yeah. A yes on literally the thing is give me a yes or no answer. There's either one way. So the character just goes yes, no, maybe covers all yeah. grounds. And right, and that's the look char- how conflicted the character is. That's their character development for that scene. Sure. Right. Um. Yes, yeah, that's that is the moment where you go, oh wow, that character is so conflicted, yeah, he's going through a lot of stuff. Um, so I got a couple of examples here of this. Ollie's just looking at my screen. That's Luther. Yes, that's Luther. Um, that was the actual show that I was watching when I wrote down this peeve because yeah. it happened in this. So yeah. I knew that I had at least one example. You seem to get sleeve. a lot of uh peeves from this show <laughs> yeah like even though it's like it's kind of like supposed to be like kind of like serious crime drama yeah it does a lot of tropes but i still love it i love it heaps yeah so here is my example of luther okay no yes possibly i don't know <laughs> yes oh, luther. yeah he's he's conflicted is are you and zoe you know yes no Possibly, I don't know. I just, yeah, it, it's lazy writing. I think it's the, the one thing that I knew. I was like, I'm ready to say it's lazy writing. Yeah, right. Because you could spend time with the character reacting to something like that. With, well, we have gone on one date. It wasn't that good. It was. We had nice wine though, but she was a man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. See, even that literally off the top of your head is more development. Right. right. Um. A couple more examples. Look, there's nothing that's really like as as bad as the Luther one. Yeah. Um, this is just other moments that I was researching whether this is a actual trope, and it is. Like it showed yeah, up in right. lots of different things. This is from um, 1955's Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. <laughs> You just to turn like I mean, which one is it? Yeah. <laughs> You've just turned like fifty percent of emotional moments in TV shows to now gonna make me laugh. Like, yeah, that's gonna happen in like a serious moment in a movie, and we're gonna be giggling to ourselves in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- this is from Miami Vice, two thousand and six. Look, it- it's the same thing again, but uh, like this is a this is an example of him being like, well, it being lazy writing, but not in a way where they are conflicted, but in a way that they are confident. Okay. So. 
<laughs> so so he's he, I don't know what he's doing. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> I, I just found this on the by searching for yes no maybe. Yeah right. Um, but yeah, there it is again. And and lastly, um, from Risky Business, nineteen eighty three. This is the movie where there's the uh, uh, Tom Cruise slides along the um the floor the wooden floorboards and he's wearing his socks. Oh yeah, okay. I think that's this movie. There's literally a one second clip of him just saying yes no maybe. <laughs> I, I was looking all day to actually like expand this, but this is the only one I can find. Right. Like, get out of here, Tom Cruise. <laughs> See, that, that's not even confliction. That's just him saying three words. Yeah. Yes, no, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> but but Luther, the example in which Luther is, is the one that really pisses me off. Right. Like, are you like this? Yes. No. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> boring, and I hate it. Yeah. You don't like that trope? No. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. It's not one of my best ones. It's not it's not <laughs> wiping off of uh wiping off the whiteboard. Oh, you know? that's probably one of my favorites that you've ever done. That's why it's your favorite segment this show. Yeah, because of that that first one you did about <laughs> characters just wiping off boards and not giving a shit about what think, was left up there. I think that was also when we were very careful about swearing and it was the first time I was like, "Listen, idiot." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you big wank. <laughs> yeah, we're a bit more vulgar now these yeah. days. A bit more socially confident, huh? We've got our we've got our twenty five listeners per episode to back us up. <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's the last one. Um, next week I'll have more examples ready. All right. Next week, what are we watching? What are we? Uh, is Spider Man out next week? Because I'm on. We're waiting for it. Yeah. We're waiting to watch this. I'll tell you what, Ollie. It's the um. We're recording this on the second of July. Right. And I'm pretty sure it comes out in the 6th, which means it comes out within the week, Oh, my baby. good gooshness. We've got time that we can talk about. And also, I think Baby Driver comes out in the 8th, so we can push that one as well. Oh, which one of you want to see first? Oh, Baby Driver. I know you want to <laughs> see Spider-Man. I don't know. You and I, this is a very actually interesting uh, angle in which this is my most ant- anticipated movie of the year because I love this character. I love every direction that they've decided to go with it so far. Yeah. Um, except for the trailers, and that's 100% Sony's fault. Fuck you, <laughs> Sony. Um, but for you, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver is your most anticipated, except for maybe The Last Jedi. No, Baby Driver's more. Oh, my God. Because so these are both coming out within two days of each other. Yeah, and and we have to decide which of our of us we want to have the favorite movie see. Yeah. That was a good sentence, but yeah, mate, you know what I mean. What a good time to be alive. Uh, I, I think we're going to have to go with Spider-Man, just because it comes out earlier, we have this time is, to actually see it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um. God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but see, Baby Boat Driver, it could, like, I know with every Edgar Wright movie release, it could be another one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so you'd be I don't... conflicted about changing your list. Yeah. You love writing a list. I love you? writing my list. This is my favorite flims. We should just have a list segment. You know what? I recently, I, yeah, we should. <laughs> I, I love a list. Um, One, I guess, uh, recently, you'll be pleased to know, I know listeners don't give a shit about People's top fives, but I just wanted to let you know I added Freaks and Geeks to the top of my all-time favorite TV shows next to Game of Thrones and Avatar The Last Airbender. Wow, that's actually really big because you've only just started watching that. It must have made quite an impact I've, on you straight I've away. seen the series now one season and a half. So I've, se- I've seen it once and half oh, of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. So I'm already on the rewatch. <laughs> that's how good it is. Well, it's been on my Netflix watch later list for years. Yes. Now. I'll get around to it one day. I would day. definitely recommend any- anyone watching it. Bloody, bloody good. And if you like actors, you'll see all, oh all every yeah. single actors in this has their start of their career. <laughs> Who's your favorite actor? They're in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, no matter basically. who it is. Um, <laughs> especially if they have recently become a stoner comedy movie lead uh, actors. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we got your Rogans. Franco, Seth Rogans. You've got your uh, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Yep. What's his real name? Jason. Jason Siegel. Yes. Uh, well, on that note, I think we're wrapping it up for this week. Yep. And I heard about you had a little haiku about today's film. Oh, yes, film. of course. What do you yeah. want to... Um, b- before we do that, I'll just quickly plug the... Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that through uh, email by uh, typing the address out to ignoranceisthispodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you access facebook.com slash ignoranceisthispodcast, You'll find us there as well. Hit us up with a like. Hit us up with a share. I don't know. Comment something so we can repeat it on the show in a dumb voice. Yep. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so please, if you have any questions, you have any suggestions for us to do, get through us uh, via those two means. 
And yeah, so shall I prepare my haiku based on Sweeney Todd? Yes, let me hear it. In Sweeney Todd film, Alan Rickman weds teen girl, but Depp is still worse. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs>